Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm David. And I'm Nate. This week on the podcast, we welcome Executive Director Gregory Gross from Care for Real. Care for Real has been serving the greater Edgewater and surrounding Northside communities for over 50 years. They provide free programs and services to our neighbors in need, including food distribution using a client choice model, deliveries to the homebound, a clothing shop, a pet pantry, and a lending library, case management referrals, and employment resources center to help clients self-stabilize and get back on their feet. You can find Care for Real at 5339 North Sheridan. Welcome. How are you doing today? Why don't you start telling us a little bit about yourself? Great. Thanks, uh, David. I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm Gregory Gross. I'm the executive director of Care for Real, the food pantry and social service agency here in Edgewater. Um, and we're doing great. It's um, our 50th anniversary this year, and so it's an exciting time to be here at Care for Real. Working within the north side of Chicago with uh, Night Ministry and now Care for Real, you give us a picture of an individual or family that faces food insecurity in Chicago? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, what I usually answer this is to say it's our neighbors. There is so much hidden food insecurity in our communities in Andersonville, Edgewater, Rogers Park, Uptown, um, that when I, when I speak with our neighbors, they'll say, oh, we don't think of people being uh, food insecure in our neighborhood because it seems like everyone is pretty well-to-do and middle-class and above. But um, I think last year with the pandemic, it just exposed um, kind of part of the veil of food insecurity in our city. And and so it is ranges from, um, you know, someone's grandparent who is living alone, um, who is on a fixed income and with rising prices just isn't able to make ends meet. It is the, um, recently we just talked with a, a couple of single mothers who had been home with their children during the pandemic, you know, and, and teaching. And they were excited. They just got a job again. They were able to go back to work. Um, but in going back to work, they, their income was just high enough now that they no longer qualify for WIC or for um, SNAP, food stamps. And so now they're working, they don't have that extra cushion, and they're now having to pay for childcare. And so now their income is less than when they weren't working, um, which they want to be doing, but they've had to come to care for real for the very first time because they just can't make ends meet. Um, it is uh, our neighbor who their hours were cut during the pandemic. It was um, folks who are experiencing uh, homelessness. It is um, people who have had uh, been experiencing long-term uh, food insecurity. We, we, there's so much focus right now on the pandemic and how that has affected our community, but um, we know there was food insecurity before that. And so we're serving now the folks newly uh, food insecure, as well as those who have been uh, living with a more chronic uh, situation for a while. That's a really great point that you bring up because they are our neighbors and I have a history with the food service industry. And ah. so when a lot of folks um, had to close for the last 18 months, uh, it was the service industry that started to f- 
be like, oh, oh, crud. Like, where? Absolutely. Where do I get my meal? And it was Care for Real that really stepped up along with a, a few of the restaurants on the north side who um, saw this and really stepped up. So I definitely appreciate um, everything that you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm glad to hear that uh, folks were able to find us and to get some support. You know, we, we heard that story a lot, folks who were, you know, so many of us live paycheck to paycheck that if something happens and we miss one paycheck, we are in dire situations. Uh, and so, yeah, we, there were a lot of folks who live in or work in the food industry, food service industry that, um, we're in that situation. And so we've heard from folks who unfortunately were uh, going through their life savings uh, because they were thinking, oh, I'm not that bad off that I have to go to a food pantry or there are people who need that service more. Uh, and so one of the things I've been trying to focus on in the past year that I've been here at Care for Real is trying to break down the stigma uh, around asking for help. Um, because that's really why we're here is it's um, to help people in situations and you know try to reduce the shame as much as possible that people feel either themselves or uh, is put on them by society that uh, there really shouldn't be a shame you know that we are neighbors really trying to take care of each other absolutely care for real takes care of pretty much the entire north side of Chicago I mean, you're in Rogers Park, you're yep. actually a block from where I live, ah. and you're up in Edgewater, and you really handle the north side of Chicago. That's a huge footprint to have. Yeah, we had some more traditional boundaries of who we would serve um, before the pandemic, but um, when that all who took likes place- boundaries? <laughs> What's that? I said, who likes boundaries? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> boundaries are to be crossed but uh no we've just been we serve anyone who comes to us uh and so if we'll we'll try to help people find some place that might be closer to them uh, but we we certainly have folks from all over the north side and we we won't turn people away we honestly we also have folks who come from the south side uh, that will travel an hour an hour and a half to come to us uh to get to get food and food isn't the only other uh, is the is not the only uh, service you provide. No, it definitely isn't. Um, that is our main focus, and that's where we started. But we also have our our clothing closet, uh, now named Marie's Closet, uh, and so that is new and gently used clothing um, that has been donated by others um, that our clients when they come for food they can make an appointment and come in and select clothing for themselves for their family members uh, we also have um, once a month we have our pet food pantry uh, and so that's the first thursday of the month from three to five um, and, and that's because we have learned over the years that so many folks when they come to get food from us um, are choosing, do I eat this myself or do I give this to my, my pet, my companion? Um, because we know our pets are family members for so many of us who, who live alone. And so we, we said, you know, people shouldn't have to make those choices about do I eat or does my pet eat? We want everyone to eat. Um, and then we also have other support services and that we'll try to make referrals um, when other things come up. So connections with other organizations. So we really try to provide more holistic support as much as we can. 
knowing that we can't do it all, but uh, we work with others to do that. And all the services and programs that you're providing to the North Chicago and the greater Chicago area mm-hmm. could be considered like a Herculean feat. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's honestly really amazing. And I, I think it's really impactful, all the work that you're doing. Thanks. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about some of the partnerships that you developed and how they have kind of contributed or shaped the direction for Care for Real? Yeah, absolutely. So if we think back for when Care for Real was started in the early 70s, it, it came about because there were a situation of uh, a series of arsons that were taking place between the Kenanmore Winthrop Alley, is what they were calling it, and um, you know, intentional arsons, uh, likely the case, and suddenly people were without homes and without anything. And so it was actually the religious community um, coming together in Edgewater to say, we need to provide support for our neighbors and really care for them. Uh, and so we're, we're grateful to continue to have support and work very closely with ECRA, which is the Edgewater Community uh, Religious Association um, that has grown over the years. Um, and so they're, they're great partners and support uh, we also work, of course, with the Greater Chicago Food Depository, which provides um, a lot of our, our food that we are able to distribute. And it was through being able to partner with them that we were able to uh, start the second location in Rogers Park. Um, but and then in addition to that is we have so many grocery partners, uh, different uh, retail like Whole Foods and Mariano's and Trader Joe's and Jewel, and I'm going to get in trouble because I can't list them all. Uh, but uh, we're really grateful that um, rather than throwing things away that are still good, that um, through our food rescue program, we have our hunger vans that go around to the grocery stores and will pick up food that has reached its sell-by date, but is still good. Uh, or it's things that are, uh, they have too much inventory that just isn't moving. And so uh, we're really grateful that they'll donate those to us that we are able then to share with our, the clients and all the guests of the food pantry. But um, I think the most important partnership um, is with with our other neighbors. It's really about the community. We, we receive no government funding. Um, it's all, we're run and supported by uh, <laughs> individuals like you, as they might say, uh, <laughs> um, who just want to care for each other so that we can have a diverse um, community here in Edgewater and on the north side. So it's not everyone doesn't look like us and make the same amount that we can really all be together um, as a community. And so that's that's really what sustains us is from uh, individual donors. And that truly is a Herculean feat. Um especially without government uh, funding. Yeah. Uh, I know the chamber has a long history with uh, supporting Care for Real and various events and Absolutely. Um, volunteering hours and all that stuff. But uh, when I first started here, it was a really amazing experience to go and spend the day in the food pantry. Uh, could you walk us through uh, the experiences at the food pantry? It's open once a month um, in the beginning, correct? Uh, the pet food pantry is once a month. The food pantry is where we distribute food six days a week. That's right. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yes, if you can walk us through yeah. um, 
what uh, a person who might come in and experience the food pantry on a day. Absolutely. So if it's someone's first time, uh, we would ask them to bring um, proof of identification and, and where they live. Um, and we will work with individuals on uh, what their identification is or if they have a utility bill or a phone bill that shows where they live. Um, and if people are experiencing homelessness, uh, that is fine as well. We will serve anyone. And um, so people will come, we will greet them, uh, we will gather information about them, not just their demographic information and contact information, but we really want to um, gather the information about their whole household. So we know who, exactly who we are serving. Um, and the important thing with that is we, we ask about um, dietary restrictions. And so... Uh, some places during the pandemic were just packing everything up and serving and giving everyone the same amount of food. But we, we've said that's not who we are. Uh, uh, we really want to care for people. It's literally in our name. Uh, and so um, if someone is vegetarian, if they don't eat pork for um, a variety of reasons, if um, people have gluten intolerance, um, all the different types of things, we will gather that information into our database system. Uh, so they really only have to tell us that the one time when they come for the very first time. Uh, so then the next time uh, they will tell us who they are and we'll bring them up in the system and we will already have all of that. And so um, unfortunately during the pandemic, uh, we haven't been able to bring um, all the guests inside anymore to the food pantry. And so if you've driven by our location on Sheridan Road or on Morse Avenue, you, you'll see the lines outside. Um, and while that's not what we desire for anyone, it's just the only way we've been able to continue to serve folks. Because literally our waiting area, what was our lobby, is now part of our warehouse. It's completely full of, of fresh produce. Uh, and so people will just... Uh, join the line out front. Uh, we'll gather their information. Uh, we encourage people to bring a cart or a suitcase or something so that they can take all of the food home with them. Um, because especially now, we try to give people uh, more food than not so that we can limit exposure so people don't have to come out as often. Um, we have what we call here in Edgewater monthly food or we have daily food and so monthly is people can come once a month to receive those uh shelf stable items so it is going to be the rice and the pasta and the grains and the cereals and the canned foods different things like that um, that will be able to use throughout the the month uh, and we also then uh, have the frozen meats as well that will be part of that and then anytime we are open, people can come and receive what is called daily food. And so that's going to be the more perishable. That's going to be fresh fruits and vegetables. That's going to be dairy. That's going to be eggs, butter. Uh, it really varies by the day of what we have exactly um, of what we have in inventory. But people can come every day to receive that. Um, and so we will ask what people are looking for that day. Um, their very first time, we'll, we will give them both uh, so that you'll have both the shelf stable foods as well as the fresh produce. Um, then they'll wait in line, we'll give them a number, um, then we will bring out a cart um, with all of their food. 
and they can then load that up in their cart. They can load that up in boxes, um, suitcases. We we have um, people will bring. Um, sometimes if they drive, they'll park out front and they'll wheel the cart right over to their car so they can take it home. But it's it's really uh, it as easy as that to be able to get food. It's a little different in, I should say, in Rogers Park, uh, because in Rogers Park we have, um, on Tuesdays, we have uh, a walk-up pantry, and so it'd be similar in that people will just join the line outside, um, and there is just, we don't have daily or monthly, we have actually weekly food, since we are, um, that's just the way it works in Rogers Park. And then on Thursdays, we have our newest food distribution, which is our drive through pantry. And that's on Thursdays from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, and people don't even have to get out of their cars. They can just drive through. We will gather information and then load up their trunk or load up their back seat so that they can then get the groceries to go home. So it's been helpful for parents or guardians um, who will pick up their kids from school and then drive through and pick up uh, groceries or from folks who are commuting home from work uh, who have more traditional hours. Um, they can come through the drive-through and get food on their way home. But then we res we reserve the last 15 minutes or so of the 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, time frame for for folks who want to walk up, who um, don't have cars or live right nearby, uh, and so we can serve them as well. Although the world is in flux right now and the the COVID-19 pandemic is constantly changing, yeah. Um, how are you uh, planning ahead? Uh, with, with the knowledge that either your clients might increase or decrease this winter due to the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, what I can say is we thought numbers would decrease over the summer. And what we've actually been seeing is numbers uh, to the food pantry are continuing to rise. So in 2020, we saw uh, an increase of 143% of people coming for the first time to the food pantry over 2019. And then so far in 2021, we're seeing an increase of 71% over last year. So all that to say is we're already um, serving more and more of our neighbors. We continue to have conversations with um, how we can start bringing folks back inside, uh, how we can make that work um, so that we can go back to more client choice. And so uh, people can come in and have it, we could have it more set up like it used to be, like a grocery store where they can choose own, your own food. But um, so we've been talking about trying to move to a hybrid model where there might be some um, items where you can pick up and the rest that are gonna be prepackaged like we're doing now. Um, we're just trying to find a balance of being able to support individual choice, which we want to do, but also not really slow down service so that folks don't have to wait in line um, for long periods of time um, as we were seeing last year about this time. So yeah, that's, that's a really great question that we continue to, to work on. Um, we've also started a pilot program of, um, home delivery of groceries from the food pantry. And so that's, we've started out that really small, um, but um, depending on how that works, what we're learning, you know, it might be possible that we can um, ramp that up, you know, so that again, for folks who can't get out, that we can, we can bring food to them. We have a great team of volunteers who have been helping to make that possible. 
it's truly our volunteers who make all of this possible. Uh, we are a very small staff, and so it's uh, it's our volunteers and supporters coming together and helping us to be able to do that. And so um, what I will say is that right now we're in, in need of additional volunteers. As we're coming here to the end of the summer, unfortunately, um, we're seeing that folks are going back to school, either as students or teachers are now going back to school and they have been working with us and volunteering with us regularly. Others are thankfully getting jobs and have gone back to work and aren't able to volunteer with us. Um, and then of course, with the, with the uptick in the Delta variant, we're seeing you know, some folks just not as comfortable coming out and helping. So um, what we're doing right now is working on recruiting more volunteers so that we can continue to serve uh, large numbers of folks who come to us. Could you give us a shout out to one or a few of your volunteers that's been with you for uh, quite some time? Because I know that there's lots of organizations who'll do a volunteer days and yeah, um, the friendly faces that we were greeted with uh, when we came yeah. for folks who just volunteer on a weekly basis. Yeah, I can say we have this, uh, we've had an incredible volunteer base, uh, a team that has been with us throughout the year, throughout last winter and are still with us. You know, it's, it's folks like Bob and Carl and, um, Nicole and, uh, Holly and, Oh, so many. We've got Renee uh, with us now. And it's just, uh, if I start naming, it's going to be hard to stop. Um, but, uh, Anne, we have all these great folks who are just, know, have come to know the clients themselves. Myla uh, is incredible as well, who clients will walk up and know them by face. Uh, and so it's just uh, really, really helps to be able to provide that um, that care that we are, is really so important to us so that we can uh, treat people with dignity and compassion because that's really what we're all about. And uh, without these folks and so, so many others, um, we, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If someone wanted to uh, volunteer, could they just simply go on the website and submit a request or um, yep. what's the process for volunteering? Absolutely. Folks can go onto our website, uh, careforreal.org. Um, and they will find the section about volunteering. If they have questions, they can send uh, an email to Care for Real at, at info at Care for Real. And to ask questions, they can give us a call to ask questions. Otherwise, if people go on and they can sign up to be a volunteer, and then um, Kate Polgar on our team will reach out to them and uh, talk with them about what they might expect at Care for Real, some of the different roles that are available, and then get people sign up for uh, their first shift. It's really as easy as that. Can you uh, maybe walk us through uh, a typical day for you um, working for Care for Real? Maybe some of the challenges you might face. I know every day is probably very <laughs> different, but if you could just walk us through what a typical day might look like. Oh boy, a typical day. Well, <laughs> I think like with so many, like so many others right now, um, my typical day ends up being a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of Zoom meetings. <laughs> yeah, meeting with uh, supporters, meeting with volunteers, meeting with board members, um, meeting with possible funders, uh, and it's so it's. I think that's the great part of my job is I get to meet so many, so many people, so many residents across the North Side and all over who are supporters or care for real. 
but then also I like to be out and greet the clients as well so that I can get to know to people um, by face and by name. Same with volunteers. Uh, and so that's a big part of the day as well. It's meeting with staff, talking about you know, the, the growing pains that come along with being able to serve with so many folks. Um, and so we have regular meetings about that and um, meet regularly with our board and different committees to talk about how we can best support the community. Um, but uh, on a typical day, I, I don't even know what a typical day is here after, uh, after a year at Care for Real. Um, just like today, I had a list of things I thought I was going to do and uh, I've gotten pulled in other directions so that all of those things are still on my to-do list other than speaking with the two of you. And so that you're in good company because every day <laughs> we walk in with the to-do list and nothing gets done. <laughs> nothing gets done, but nothing that you plan on getting done. Absolutely. We're about to hit into the holiday season. Yes. In Chicago. And uh, I know last year was different. This year will probably be different as well. Right. Um, can you give us a little projection of what Holidays with Care for Real is going to look like? What you'll be looking for in terms of donations? Yeah, I don't know if I have too much of a answer for you on that one. Just be like, I need a lot of turkeys. <laughs> turkeys and trees. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I can tell you that we will be having distributions, special distributions of food on Thanksgiving, not on Thanksgiving, but prior to Thanksgiving, both here in Edgewater and in Rogers Park. And so last year was the, the first time we've been able to really provide a, a full meal for people. Um, we will do that at a separate time. So what that will mean is... Um, so when our clients come through to get their regular food, we will have vouchers for them to sign up so that we know how many people to plan for when we have the distributions for Thanksgiving. And the same will be for the December holidays as well. We always have our holiday gift drive. Uh, I can't tell you yet what that's going to look like, but be on the lookout for ways to support that. Traditionally, we've turned the pantry into almost a, a toy shop. Uh, where thankfully um, so many donors have provided uh, new toys uh, so that families can come through and pick those out for their children. Last year, because of the pandemic, we just weren't able to do that with bringing so many folks inside. Uh, and so what we had done is focus on gift cards and some books for the younger children. Um, we're still in communication and conversation about what that'll be like this year, but uh, keep a lookout because we are, it's always a fun time around here. And I know um, all of our clients really enjoy that and appreciate that. And it's just a, a great time for us all to come together and support each other in, in, in a different and special way so that everyone can have a holiday season. Absolutely. Um, in years past, um, a lot of folks flocked to Andersonville to do local shopping and yeah. donate. I believe that one year we had about eight locations where they can donate toys. Yeah. Um, and then it's up to our office to bring them over. And it takes, we're used to schlepping things, but it's probably <laughs> like 15 uh, loads uh, each way. So it's great. That's really exciting. Well, and last year when we did the, uh, we partnered together on the, on the winter coat drive. And so that's always important too, is that um, folks are in need of winter clothing. Uh, and so winter coats and uh, gloves and all of the very different things. So that's always um, a really special time as well. So listeners, stay tuned for partnerships and donations. Yes, absolutely. 
Well, I know you uh, brought this up earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. but um, can you tell us a little bit more about um, your 50 years of caring campaign? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of what the activities that you're doing and uh, really that's a huge and great accomplishment to 50 years is a wonderful milestone. Yeah, we're really excited about uh, 50 years that we've been here to providing and, and caring for the community. And it's really about um, the community coming together to care for each other. And so as we, we were thinking about 50 years anniversary and what some other organizations may do is to have a big gala, um, but that's not really in the DNA of, of Care For Real. That's not something that we have done and had a big fancy dinner. Um, and also with restrictions inside, we just, um, we're concerned about that. And so instead, what we're going to do is have a community celebration on September 26th. That's a Sunday uh, from 2 to 5 p.m. And it's actually going to be a block party. Uh, And so uh, it'll be here at Care for Real. We'll be able to give tours uh, to talk more. But then it's going to be uh, we're going to have the street closed over here, not Sheridan, uh, the side street on Balmoral. Uh, so we'll have tents, we'll have some food, we'll have some games for the children, we'll have uh, a raffle, we'll have, um, yeah, we're just so grateful that um, some of our neighborhood uh, restaurants have come together and they're providing food and sponsoring the event. So uh, look for that with all the delicious food. Um, not a meal, but just uh, some, uh, some snacks, which will be great. Um, and then we'll have a presentation about three o'clock. Uh, and so that'll be more of a, a program. Um, we're expecting uh, uh, Alderman Osterman will be with us and some others uh, to make a presentation and just um, to celebrate together because that's really what we decided is that we wanted to have an opportunity where the entire community can come together, our clients, our volunteers, our supporters, um, and, and just celebrate together. By the time this airs, we'll have concluded our 50,000 in 50 days campaign for our 50th anniversary. So we've been working to raise $50,000 around the 50th anniversary for Care for Real. So we'll be excited to announce the, uh, the outcome of that. Another part of the, the, our 50th anniversary celebration on the 26th of September is we're going to have a personal care slash personal hygiene supply drive. Uh, And so listeners may not know that if you receive SNAP benefits or food stamps, you can't use those to purchase personal care supplies, such as, you know, the basics of toothpaste and deodorant and diapers for your babies, uh, different things like that, or all those things. And so uh, we invite the community to, when they come for the event, uh, if they're able to, to bring some personal hygiene supplies with them uh, and we will help stock our closet here with all of those for our neighbors in need. That's incredible because they're everyday items that we all take for granted. Absolutely. They're basic human care. I mean tampons alone, Yep. folks need them and nobody really thinks that well today I have to go without and thanks to you and the drive that you do, folks don't have to go without. No, and we're, we're really grateful for the community who's come together. And um, over the past year, we've also started doing specific drives for personal hair care and skin care supplies for um, our neighbors with black skin, because we know that it's, it's different supplies uh, than those of us who are white use. And so we want to be able to su- uh, support everyone in their personal hy- hygiene. 
That's in, that's incredible. Um, is that information on your website that folks can check out, uh, especially uh, the different products that you can? Absolutely. Offer? Yep. We always list on our website um, some of the items that we are currently in need of and looking for. Uh, so you can purchase that locally. Um, there's also an Amazon wish list. Um, you can either purchase and have it send it here, or you can see what's on the list and purchase it locally um, and donate it as well. We're, we're always grateful for that. But um, in addition to that, we've also been, uh, because we didn't have enough to do, uh, we are in the middle of a strategic planning process, uh, trying to figure out who is care for real, uh, what are the needs in the community, how can we best help to, to meet some of those needs. Uh, and so thank you to everyone who completed our community survey uh, earlier this spring. We've had those results and we've been taking time to analyze those and just hear from the community, from the clients we already serve, from folks we used to, uh, supporters, volunteers, all of the like, uh, so that we can plan for the future. But, you know, so much is uncertain right now. We, we were really saying we're looking at the next two to four years. How do we need to position ourselves? And so as the, uh, the 50th anniversary continues, we'll be excited to share um, that planning process with all the listeners and uh, the Andersonville Edgewater uh, community. And if uh, folks wanted to donate or participate as a sponsor for uh, the celebration, how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. They can just give us a call here at Care for Real, or they can send me an email. Uh, that's uh, Gregory at careforreal.org. That would be wonderful to have additional sponsors uh, to help us bring this together. Um, and to donate, folks can also just go onto our website. Uh, it's an easy way to donate online. And while we're talking about the website, we're also excited that we are uh, in the process of updating our website. So we'll have a new one for the 50th anniversary coming up soon. And uh, folks also donate cars for those home deliveries. Donate cars? We did have someone ask about donating cars. Uh, yeah, if people want to help with home delivery, we can certainly uh, sign up and uh, we'll send volunteers out together if they want to drive their own car. Great. I was driving in today at work and Chirp Radio. They have the, the car drive where you can oh, yeah. your cars. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done that here at Care for Real, but um, someone did approach us recently, so we were trying to explore what that could look like. Great. I have a 2006 Ultima and <laughs> yours. <laughs> 2006, that's my, my car is the same, a Honda Civic. <laughs> they are durable. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Gregory, for joining us today, and thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Care for Real, you can visit their website at careforreal.org. Show notes on today's episode and contact information can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce and currently recorded on Zoom. We thank you for your listenership, and if you like the podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. We are also actively looking for podcast sponsors to sustain our projection. Please email us at info at andersonville.org for more information. Thank you for your continued support, for staying active in our community, and for staying always Andersonville.